Our second scripture reading is Mark 10, verses 13 through 16. You may follow along on page 35 of the New Testament section of the Pew Bibles. Please listen for the word of God. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms and laid his hands on them and blessed them. We celebrate the written word of the scripture. Thanks be to God. We celebrate the living world, Christ among us. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. O loving God, we come before you with open hearts. Open our ears and minds also that we might fully receive the message that you send us this day. May our words, meditations be acceptable to you. Amen. I heard that you were on the way with a certain celebrity. And you are kind of his manager. And I can imagine that you must have been very proud of your status being his manager because he's a, such a well-known figure thanks to so many miraculous things that he performed. People are always drawn to him, and this time is not exceptional. Besides, as his manager, you also have a certain right or power to control people's access to him. Well, that's what you think of you are supposed to do for him anyway. And their children, I mean their parents, you know, how can they be so absent-minded or senseless to let their children come to him? We don't expect anything from children, do we? What can they know about all this heavy stuff? Especially when the frequent subject of this talk is the kingdom of heaven or eternal life and what is more, keeping the laws. What do children have to do with this kind of talk? let alone for them to understand what it is. I mean, that is such a theologically heavy stuff. You know, even we are kind of struggling to understand what it actually means. So they are not suitable at all to be a part of this kind of talk. Well, except they are actually much smaller than us by size. So maybe they have more chances to get through the eye of needle, perhaps. 
to go to heaven. Well, anyway, besides your schedules was very tight, so you have plenty of reasons to stop them. And you are quite confident about what you are doing, and I thought you did the right thing. It is obvious, but that he actually was not happy about what you did at all. Making things worse, he even commanded to become like them if we are serious about getting there. It is not only you. I don't get it either. <laughs> This is the question that we are seriously asking now. What could children possibly have to teach us? One of the stories that comes to my mind about children and kingdom is about a two-year-old girl called Isabel, who was actually beloved as a friend and also even revered as a teacher for Lorin, a writer of an article that I came across a while ago. When Lorin visited the little girl Isabel, she welcomed her with all smiles and kisses and grabbed a slice of bread and rushed it into the yard. Before she could stop her, Isabel was on her back, hurling tidbits of bread at the sky. Isabel, she cried, what are you doing? Feeding the birds. Isabel chuckled. As the crumbs rained upon her, this is such a sweet story of a little two-year-old girl. But is this what Jesus wants us to learn from them? Before we go further with all the questions that are facing us now, we need to ask another question. What is the kingdom of heaven in any way? Does it mean a special place or a certain space or a kind of state that so-called good Christians get as a reward after they die? What would it mean in this time, here and now, for us? Can we imagine anyone whose major interest in daily life is whether he or she can enter the kingdom of heaven or eternal life after he or she dies? Just imagine, if someone is so much worried, what if he or she can't manage to enter the kingdom of God after she or he dies, that they, could, they couldn't get to sleep or eat and even compelled to have a conversation with one's own spiritual director, so to speak, or psych psychiatrist, or get suicidal also. It would be rather bizarre or freaky. And I feel comfortable with saying that I've never come across with anyone like this from our school or GTU or church, let alone the street or at the cafe roster in San Anselmo. 
or from any other place in Marin County or in Korea. The thing is that most of people nowadays would not be interested in this kind of question, let alone wanting to enter the kingdom if there is such a place only available after death. Moreover, many, many believe that there is no such a thing at all. But many would be more than enthusiastic about this if they knew that the kingdom of God is the state for them to be who they are in God. The kingdom of God, according to most of contemporary theological statements, is a realm in which the reign of God is dominant over certain states in which the dynamic reign of God is present. God does need to interfere our life, but at the same time, God needs our invitation to come into our life and into our realm of thought. Perhaps we don't even need to think of letting in God if we have a desire to know who we are and what the truth is about us. If we have sufficient hunger for the truth, how can we not become truthful towards ourselves? Don't we think that this is how we make the kingdom available for us? And isn't this also how we receive the kingdom of God? If this kingdom is a kind of prestigious space or state, as it might sound, what else could be more fitting than actually becoming ourselves by asking about the truth in us, which might be still asleep, waiting to be awakened until we come across question of who God is. Surprisingly enough, the word paideon, the Greek word for the child, connotes the one who is open to the instructions, especially their attitude toward the truth. They are the people who are enthusiastic about learning of whatever the truth is. How can we not be like children then if we have such an urgent question inside our heart and mind? How can we learn without asking questions, including the ones that might sound silly to others who think themselves as wise and smart? This is a risky business to ask the question that really matters. Asking without being prepared for another question of what if. It is what Jesus' disciples couldn't dare do. They couldn't really ask the question because they were so afraid of discovering the truth behind all the questions they were struggling with at that point of their life. They were caught up with fear and trembling in thinking what if the truth they found is something that they cannot handle. 
what if they would be happier rather having not asked so the truth can still remain undiscovered and so is who they are. Doesn't this sound familiar? Isn't it something that we do more often than we want to by cleverly saving our faces instead of taking a risk of exposing ourselves and who we are? How often we get frustrated with facing the ultimate truth in us, so we put it off with the question of what if, what if. The kingdom is is out there in the future, but also near, within us and outside us. It is here, but not yet. It is defined, but still open to being redefined. It refuses to be confined in a box. It needs no box. That's it. Experiencing the kingdom is an ongoing process of learning and being ready to accept anything including unexpected and even undesirable truths. All we need is to be enthusiastically involved with this messy process that is constantly unfolding, that can be captured only with our creative zeal for the life lying in front of us. Don't be afraid to be seen as a little offbeat or even crazy, at least unusual at best. This is the only way to live our life fully by throwing ourselves completely into the arms of Jesus, who is waiting for us to come forward with all the daring and even silly questions of who we are. This is how we gain our truest human character. And not only that, but we will, cha- we, we will be challenging the world by challenging ourselves first. Then Jesus' commandment to become like a child is no longer an impossible imperative for us to follow, but is our compelling and joyful response to the truth that speaks to our mind and spirit, our whole being. And then, how can success make us arrogant or failure lead us astray if we really want to live like this? Therefore, friends, let us unreservedly rejoice to live like children. We are called to becoming like children before God, who is waiting for us to recognize the embracing arms of Jesus Christ. Amen.